0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Update, Brandify's podcast where we focus on recent changes and updates in the local search space in order to help you prepare for the week ahead. I'm Dustin Hayes, Director of Marketing at Brandify, and I'm joined by my co-host Damian Rawlison, Brandify's VP of Market Developments and Strategic Partnerships. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's jump into your Weekly Update.
1: Our first item for this week, Google has announced that the rollout of the page experience algorithm update has completed, finally. This was a slow rollout, which began in mid-June and ended uh, towards the end of September, uh, with the official announcement just a few days ago that it was finally done. The rollout includes both Google Search and Top Stories. The Google News app, Google says, will also be affected by the change with an update expected to be complete toward the end of this week. Google has sent a notice to news publishers saying that it will no longer source article content from RSS feeds and will begin to mix AMP and non-AMP pages in news results. As a reminder... The page experience update is not just about Core Web Vitals, which we've talked about a lot in recent weeks. Though Core Web Vitals is the new part, the page experience metric has been around for a while. Are already uh, measuring mobile friendliness, as well as checking for what Google calls intrusive interstitials, which are pop-ups, overlays, and other kinds of page components that block users from seeing the main content of the page when they first visit, which Google believes leads to a poor user experience. So all of these factors taken together are now an important ranking metric made even more significant by the emphasis of the Core Web Vitals standards on several new and very specific aspects of user experience during page load. SEOs will definitely need to pay close attention to these factors in order to remain competitive.
0: A recent article from Facebook VP Dan Levy outlines recent product innovations geared towards helping businesses create personalized experiences for consumers. Levy cites four themes, privacy, discovery, commerce, and efficiency. On the privacy front, Facebook is eager to demonstrate it can still deliver personalized advertising while implementing technologies that minimize the need to access users' personal information. As for discovery, Facebook is adding tools to the newsfeed where people can browse content from related businesses under topic headings like beauty and fitness, as well as helping users build communities to support businesses that align with their values. Already, 3.5 million users have joined Facebook groups supporting Black-owned businesses. Commerce is changing, with one in three consumers saying they will spend less time in stores even after the pandemic lifts. At the same time, three-fourths of consumers say they get shopping ideas from Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, or WhatsApp. Facebook envisions these platforms growing to become personalized engines for commerce. Finally, Facebook is launching tools within its business suite to help businesses develop content and consolidate messaging across platforms. Levy notes that 200 million businesses engage with consumers on Facebook and Instagram using organic tools like Facebook pages, whereas 10 million pay to advertise.
1: Next, we have an article from George Wynn at Search Engine Land about how Google and Yelp fight fake reviews and other violations of their policies. Both Google and Yelp make use of automated systems that are backed up by human moderators but their approaches are slightly different. Google places heavy emphasis on machine learning using, according to the company, quote, hundreds of cues to detect abusive behavior, such as a shift of review patterns on a business and implausible behavior patterns by reviewers, unquote. Google also uses machine learning to prevent fake Google My Business profiles from being created. These processes are complemented by thousands of human moderators who fill in where the algorithm falls short. Yelp feels that human moderation is more central to the process of weeding out fake reviews, which is the main focus of their anti-fraud activity, though also employing a complex set of rules designed to automatically detect reviews that are either fake, biased, or solicited. the company says that a real human reviews the issue every single time. Yelp's human moderators also validate new businesses when they sign up for the platform and they occasionally decide to post consumer alerts on business profiles when businesses are subject to political attacks or when they are suspected of paying for or otherwise garnering fake reviews. Yelp may also issue search ranking penalties for businesses that violate its policies, which uh, Google has never confirmed that they do, Yelp bans businesses from advertising when they violate policies such as paying for reviews, which Google does not do. Most commentators agree that Google's attempts to fight fake reviews and listings has had limited success in the face of massive amounts of fraudulent content on the platform. Whereas Yelp, with its focus on high quality reviews over all else, seems to have had a better success rate in that area, though many legitimate views, reviews may also be caught in its filters and sent to the not recommended category.
0: And Bridging from that last item, our own client success team has reported an unusually high volume over the past two to three weeks of Google alerts to GMB owners and managers for issues like duplicate listings and removal of reviews that violate policy guidelines. Because our individual emails are associated with our Google My Business account, we've been seeing this volume spike ourselves with dozens of alerts flooding the inbox each day. In the past, it was common among our enterprise clients to see a large number of user requests for access to specific business listings uh, due to the change a couple years back where users could attempt to claim already claimed listings. What's new is the other types of alerts. The good news is that they mostly appear to be legitimate and well-founded. We've seen review removal alerts for reviews, for example, with racist comments in them, as well as reviews for other kinds of offensive language and others that seemed irrelevant to the business. Google appears to be turning up the dial on its automated detection system, and the results look positive at this point. They also seem to be cleaning up some of the very long-standing dead weight, in my personal account, uh, I had an alert the other day that an unverified listing I'd had sitting untouched in GMB for the last 12 years was going to be deleted if no other action was taken.
1: Next, we have a piece on Search Engine Journal by Shandell Nolasco-Da Silva from Mako FinTech. This is all about Google's various star ratings. So there are many different kinds of star ratings that appear in different Google properties and interfaces. We are, of course, familiar with the five point scale of uh, star ratings for businesses in local search results. But you can also see stars alongside standard search results in ads, in recipe cards and other kinds of rich results in listings in the App Store and other places in local search Uh, Rating and review count are acknowledged by Google to be ranking factors, whereas in general search ratings are not a ranking factor, according to statements by Google's John Mueller. Still, ratings in all of these places can help drive conversion, regardless of whether they have a ranking impact. Star ratings appear in search engine results when they are tagged using schema markup, but this doesn't work anymore for reviews of your own business on your website. Star ratings that appear in paid search ads are called seller ratings, and these are aggregated by Google from trusted third-party sites. Rich results like recipe carousels get their stars through schema markup, just like other websites. The same is true for third-party review sites like Trustpilot and Captera. App store ratings, of course, come from users and are aggregated and displayed in each app store listing, just like local business reviews. And like website-based ratings, app store ratings can appear in search engine results.
0: And last up, a guest post on Think with Google by Susie Walker of Kane's Lions makes a case that marketers need to embrace the concept of localism, a consumer preference for brands and businesses located geographically nearby that engage the specific needs and behaviors of local communities and tap into location-specific culture. The shift towards localism has been driven by multiple factors, including limited movement imposed by the pandemic, as well as the rise of conscious counterism, with its emphasis on support for local businesses and locally sourced products. Brands who successfully tap into consumers' desire for ethical buying and ties to local culture can do good while repaying benefits as evidenced by several of Walker's examples, including an award-winning agency in Brazil that transformed a local Starbucks into a registry office during Pride 2020, where trans people could legally change their names at no charge. And a Nike campaign, also based in Brazil, that connects with local graffiti artists and made use of the geolocation technology, winning an increase of 32% in local sales. That's a wrap on this week's updates. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out on Brandify.com and the Brandify blog, where you can find more information about the topics we've covered here today. You can also subscribe to the Weekly Update on your favorite podcast service so you never miss an episode. I'm Dustin Hayes, along with Damian Rawlison, and we'll see you next time on the Weekly Update.